0: The production of this program is made possible thanks to the support of the following and viewers like you. You feel a tickle in your throat. You notice your child snuffling or your older parent zapped of energy. These days you can't help but think, COVID? Or what other respiratory disease is going to work inside your or your loved one's bodies? We are all hyper-aware because we just endured three years of COVID, says Dr. Samuel Gutman. He points out that he was an ER doc who for close to three decades saw the look of fear on people's faces as they flooded into emergency departments looking for answers. Compound that with the fact that more than six million Canadians can't get a family doc. Patients, therefore, have few choices to find answers. Gutman says, so they come to the ER, and in doing so, they are creating another form of congestion. Hours long waits to see a doctor. And who can blame them? But it's not just COVID. The list of fears include strep A, influenza A and B, and now RSVs, all of which are sending Canadian families to the ER. Gutman says he's treated patients who have waited more than 12 hours. And he says it's heartbreaking. So, out of compassion and necessity, Gutman and a team of other healthcare professionals went to work to develop a kit that puts the power to diagnose what is ailing you, your child, or your parents in your hands. An at home tool kit called the Cold and Flu Rescue Kit. And it provides accurate, and quick test results. And what's also interesting about this is it's backed up with online and over-the-phone support. The benefits are many, but they also include knowing what is the appropriate course of action. I invited Dr. Samuel Gutman to join me for a conversation that matters about tackling one of our biggest healthcare fears, that of not knowing what is wrong, and how to get those answers, coupled with, if those answers are available, should the government be providing us with the tools that help us get to those answers? Dr. Gutman, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Was it really a sense of like, oh my gosh, I'm seeing people facing an issue that you know is causing them fear that led you down this path?
1: Yeah, it's, a, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, it's a, a culmination of a career of frustration of, of trying to advocate for people and patients and try to help them get the access and service that they need in the context of a public healthcare system that's really been under stress for 15, 20 years. We've all known it on the inside of, of healthcare that it's been stressed and in trouble. COVID really shared that uh, understanding with the public.
0: So when somebody has this fear of, like, oh, my gosh, I've got some kind of respiratory ailment or I might have the flu, um, normally you'd say, well, go to the doctor. Correct, Uh, right. But what's the
1: practicality of that these days? Yeah, the challenge is that even those of us that have family doctors, you know, Unless you have an amazing relationship with your doctor that's different from most people, you can't pick up the phone, call this morning, and get in today to get an answer of, what's wrong with me? Should I have grandmother over for dinner, for Christmas dinner tonight, or should we say, you know what, we don't want to give it to you because you're vulnerable? you know? Or should I go on this business trip, or should I take a day off work to take my child to the children's er and wait to be seen and then the unfortunate reality and it's in every er is you see some tired er doc who kind of takes one look at you after 12 hours and says you got the flu go home yeah 12 hours yeah and and that happens all the time and it's frustrating and and the impact on people is is obvious and and the you know negative uh, emotional outcomes but there's also productivity outcomes you know people can't go to work ceos you know, professionals can't do their work because they have to take a day off to go to the doctor. But it's not just a day off. It's call the doctor, get an, off, uh, uh, an appointment, wait several days, then you may need a throat swab. Well, then the throat swab, the one that's covered by public insurance, takes three days to get the results then you've got to get the results from the doctor, and then they might call in a prescription for you that
0: you then have to wait to go get at a pharmacy. So there's two potential outcomes there. One is your symptoms get worse, yeah. or they look after themselves. But there's that uncertainty in all that period, um, and. You knowledge know,
1: is knowledge is power. And w- one of the things that I see as a major problem in Canadian healthcare is understanding what is Canadian healthcare. It's a public insurance system. It was never designed to be everything to everyone. It was never designed that way. You have insurance. I have insurance on my home or my car. There's deductibles. Some things are covered. Some things are not covered. There's exemptions, exclusions. So public Uh, Health insurance was meant to be insurance, it was never meant to be everything to everybody. And we have been led to believe that the public system will do everything for us. It was never designed to do that. Nowadays, people understand that they need information to make their own decisions because they can't depend on the government to look after them, nor should they. You know, we're all responsible for ourselves and we should look after ourselves. That doesn't mean we shouldn't have a robust public health insurance system. I'm a huge supporter of it, all of my team is. I work in it, I have worked in it, I'm part of it. And so, in no way are we trying to destroy the health care system. We're trying to find ways to make Canadians Better consumers of their healthcare by giving them information and the cold and flu rescue kit not only gives them information it also helps them understand what is the best course of action and and enables them to get the treatment that they need more efficiently and that benefits everybody that's productivity to Canadian um, uh, industry and and just Canadian society in general it helps people it reduces risk the treatments that uh, are available once the diagnosis is made are important. We all know about antibiotics for strep. What most of us don't know is that there's also very good treatment available for influenza. Been around a long time, but never been available to people because there was no practical means of getting testing. So when we designed this kit, we wanted to be able to identify things that were common and overlapping symptoms. So when you wake up, you don't know if you've got strep or COVID as you said, or, or something else. Uh, if you can identify what you have, then you know what to do. You know that it's worth taking these results and going to your family doctor. Or if you don't have a family doctor, it's worth your time to take those results to an urgent care clinic or a walk-in if you can, you know, get a, an appointment and a walk-in. You can get into a walk-in. You can get in. Mm-hmm. Um, or in, in some cases, maybe it's, it makes sense to go to the ER and say, look, I'm here, I'm sick, I'm an appropriate person to be here, I need care, and I also have a diagnosis already, so I'm
0: a five-minute visit. Got to get you to hang on for a second while we take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. The production of this program is made possible thanks to the support of the following and viewers like you. So how much did COVID help drive forward this understanding and appreciation of an ability to have an at-home, test because suddenly the government came along and said here have them for free uh, because number one you're clogging up our ERs you're you know you're overwhelming the healthcare system just because you want to get tested so we now want you to get tested so they sent out these kits uh, but then you had to figure out for yourself well where am I at what does this mean where do I go from here?
1: Absolutely. So testing is a really interesting um, concept. So a test is not a yes or no. It never is, never was. There is interpretation, and tests perform differently depending on the population and obviously how they're used. So. On one hand, it's pretty simple to put a a swab in your nose and take a sample and follow the instructions. But if you don't do that right, the test isn't going to perform. And the rapid tests are not particularly good, and this is particularly the the rapid test for COVID, Uh, they're not particularly good in asymptomatic people. So they're not really good for screening. better if you actually have symptoms. But that information didn't get to the public. So people were, you know, swabbing themselves, negative test, hey, I'm good to go, I can do whatever. Mm -hmm. So providing a test without context and without support, in my view, is not is not the right answer. So again, when we designed this and, and some of our other products, we designed them so that there is support available. We help people to ensure that they do the test correctly. We help them to understand what the results are and what they mean, and then we make recommendations how they can get the additional support they need. And they choose. So it's, in my view, really important to give people information and choice in healthcare. How they access it, excuse me, and how they choose to to follow through with it. So some people may prefer telehealth, some people may prefer an in-person visit. Great, you know, I'm not gonna tell you how to access your care, but I'm gonna give you the information and recommendations and choices. And that's something that we really haven't had in Canada in a long
0: time. Well, we didn't have it with the COVID kit. I know that when I, unfortunately got covid it was then okay when am i what do i do When now? am i finished uh so i had the kit and i'm going well i feel fine now uh no it was still telling me that i was uh, testing positive and i was like Okay, this doesn't seem right, and day a day after day, and then but nobody I could talk to. Right? Am I doing it right? Well, how could this be? Uh, you know, what are the circumstances around that? And then ultimately, it, it did uh, test negative, and I and I felt fine, but I was left stranded at home, and there is a cost, as you pointed out, to having information that isn't accurate, correct, and it affects one's productivity and ability to move forward, like within our world, and be a contributor to our economy. I agree 100%, and, and, and again, knowing
1: that there's a treatment for influenza that will save you 20% of the, of the burden of illness, so 20% shorter course of illness to recovery, 20% less or even more uh, 20, uh, than 20 uh, in terms of uh, severity of symptoms, and also how likely you are to give it to other people. If you get this treatment well you can't get the treatment now you can so why can't you get the treatment currently because you couldn't get the test because you can't get to the family doctor and even if you do get to the family doctor the family doctors don't have these tests because these tests are outside of the public health insurance which is Part of the solution in my view is that there's a lot of things that are not part of public insurance that are available, that the technology's been around for a long time. And there's so much more technology. It doesn't get in the door through Health Canada for a variety of other reasons. But the ones that do, we want to take those, utilize them, put them into a structure that supports people and gives them information and choice.
0: So your one test uh, addresses strep. Influenza, RSVs, and COVID. Uh, this particular kit uh,
1: will, will tell you about COVID, Influenza A and B, and Strep. Uh, RSV has to be done differently. It has to be in a lab environment, so you have to come into our office and then those samples go to our lab. What's in the kit? I know you got one here, so it's pretty simple. It's two uh, two kits, a couple of swabs, and uh, uh, and a QR code. So when you receive the kit, so you can order it uh, to your home. It's available via DoorDash in urban areas. Um, we also have community partner pharmacies that have them. So just go to the website; it's all there, um, and you can get it conveniently. It arrives when you when you need it, or you have it in advance. Uh, scan the QR code; you get a c- almost immediate same day appointment with a telehealth practitioner who will walk you through every step of it and right through to results. Uh, discuss the results with you, provide you some recommendations uh, of how to uh, next steps, provide you via email with a copy of your results and a formal lab uh, report that you can then take to your family doctor if you choose to, or you can go to the clinic or ER, or if you don't have a doctor and you have no other solution, our team will help you access, access a telehealth practitioner. So then they can prescribe what you need to a pharmacy near you, and that's all on the same day. This is our second break. We'll be back in
0: a moment. The production of this program is made possible thanks to the support of the following and viewers like you. Show me what's in the kit, so, because, like, I can order this in advance and have it sitting around, or I can order it the moment that I start to feel symptoms.
1: Yes. Oh, okay. Um, but in reality, you know, we are all going to get sick. Everybody gets sick at least once a year. <laughs> so um, No 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 no. And, and and that's that's for individuals. For businesses is a whole other story in terms of protecting uh, work sites and plants. You know, somebody chooses not to stay home when they're sick for you know, low paid workers or contractors who can't afford to stay home and take a day off, right. they're coming into work. So if you own the plant or you run the plant and somebody comes in sick with influenza, like forget COVID. Influenza, real influenza will take down a production facility for days and weeks potentially because the recovery is 10 days before you can really get back to full uh, full work. So And it spreads easily. It spreads very easily. So if you can identify that first person, so, you know, what we've suggested to people and people are going to make their own choices, keep a couple in the uh, medical room. Somebody shows up sick, you test them right away, and then you know. Um, and then you protect your, your environment, so, right. so it's, uh, I'll open it up, this is, yeah. uh, it's basically what, what we're all familiar with in terms of a, uh, oh, yeah.
0: a, a te- test, strip.
1: yeah, it's a, yeah. a test kit, that's the strep test, yeah. so that's an oral swab, so you swab the back of your throat, it oh, okay. has to be done properly, and that's why it's, we that, think it's important, even with the instructions that, that come in the kit, we think it's helpful to have a, a telehealth practitioner, a- and also from the perspective of income security, uh, so by that I mean you know unionized workers who need to get paid if they're sick a lot of employers are saying well you know you said you were sick where's the proof that you had something that cost 10 days right so from the income security perspective for union workers and and others being sure that you have proof of illness is a valuable commodity so we provide so that's why the telehealth mm-hmm. practitioner is important because they ensure that it's done right, that it's accurate, that it's the person who actually said they had the illness, and then we produce a, a um, uh, result that you can utilize to protect
0: the income. So, we live in a jurisdiction here where we have a health minister who doesn't like the idea of the private sector uh, waiting in uh, with telehealth and these kinds of, um, you know, private, uh, deliveries of healthcare. Are you bumping up against uh, regulations here, or will there be challenges that are associated with this? We,
1: we live in the gap between private insurance, well, I'm sorry, public insurance, and the rest of the world. So, for example, and people don't understand this that you know the words two tiered system. It, it's just a terrible thing. People, as soon as they hear two tier system, it's it's stop. That's bad. That's evil. Yeah. That's American style. It's not the case. We already have a multi-tiered system already here in BC. There's public insurance for all the medically necessary services and those are things that are defined by the public insurer that are uh, medically necessary and covered services. These are not considered to be medically necessary. These are considered to be outside of the system. So oh, it, okay. you're, so you're a,
0: not going to run into any challenges with the healthcare system. We yeah.
1: believe that we are absolutely on side and we are complementary to the public system. At the end of the day, if these things do what we believe they do and, and our feedback from, from users has been phenomenal, we believe that this is going to take pressure off the system and conceptually providing people with quick, convenient, choice and information allows them to be better consumers, and that helps the system. And at the end, you know, I got into this, uh, doing this because I was frustrated at the lack of innovation, lack of progress, lack of ability to uh, do things better in the public system. And that's, that's really why I reduced my work in the public system and have been focusing on innovation, is that if we can innovate the system, and innovate the ways that people access the care, that's a benefit to everybody. They get what they need and want for their families and themselves, and that takes pressure off
0: the public system. So with the kit, you have two different tests. One's an oral swab, and is the other one a nasal? That's correct. It's okay. the same
1: nasal swab that everybody's familiar with. It's not the brain tickler. You're right. Um, it's the anterior nasal swab, so easily done as long as it's done properly. Uh, and this is why it's important that you have that support online while you're doing the test. We think it's critical. Um, you know, people say, hey, you know what? I've done a million of these tests. I know how to do it. Well, you know what? When we actually did some uh, analysis of people's technique, it wasn't adequate. Yeah. Um, you know, if you swab your ear, it's going to be negative, you know? If you you swab your elbow, it's going to be negative. If you miss your nose or you don't do it properly, um, it's going to be negative. It's also, again, important that it's the right test for the right person at the right time. So if you're trying to do screening testing, this isn't the right thing. This is a test for symptomatic people. That's where the tests perform well Mm -hmm. and where
0: the information is valid. Third and final break. We'll be right back. The production of this program is made possible thanks to the support of the following and viewers like you. So you take the swab, you apply well, you, the sample. Yeah. So first, first is scan the QR
1: code. So okay. uh, The instructions come uh, come here. There's a QR code. Yes. You Scan that. We have an online booking system. You get your appointment. You get onto uh, uh, onto uh, Zoom for Health, um, which is you know compliant yep. with all the rules and all the privacy and everything else. Um, and the practitioner will walk you through. You swab it. You um, uh, use the buffers to activate the test,
0: and then you read the test in 15 minutes. And how do you then deliver the results from that? Because this is one of the interesting things that I find about what you're doing, different than the COVID test that I was giving at home. I would do that, well, nobody knew that I had COVID. Exactly. I, I wasn't reporting it to anybody, but yeah. you're saying here, yeah. no, this now gets entered into a record and it helps to produce uh, a trail of evidence that this is where you're at and uh, what you need.
1: Yeah, and so this, the, some of the thinking around this came from uh, COVID testing for travel. So as the pandemic started to uh, ease and and people started traveling. We all know if you wanted to go to Palm Springs, if you wanted to go to visit grandma in uh, in the prairies, you needed a test to uh, to travel, uh, and that test had to be validated, it had to be appropriate, it had to be you know right. Um, so we evolved a system of how to do that, uh, proctored testing, and then validated by uh, by our team and producing the results. So that's again why it's important in in our view uh, that there is a proctor who can. Uh, Observe this, and then furthermore, if you can't just give people health information in a vacuum, and and you know that's been my career for 30 years. You got to look after people. You got to treat them properly, and you have to give them the information they need the way they need to receive it. You know, talking to somebody with a bunch of jargon has never been the right answer. So giving them the information they need the way they need to receive it is what we learned, and so taking those learnings, we applied them to this. Will the healthcare system pay for this uh, right now, or do I have to buy it on my own? You have to buy it on your own, but uh, importantly, especially with our RSV kits, uh, our RSV tests, um, interesting how, how things uh, evolve. We, we recognize that people couldn't get RSV tests uh, when they wanted them. Uh, And even waiting eight, 10, 12 hours in the hospital, and they say, well, guess what, you know, you may have it, you may not have it, but you're not sick enough to come in so you don't get a test. Um, And people were not happy about that. And we can argue whether it's right or wrong healthcare, but people wanted it. It's an appropriate test, it works. So we acquired some and we started offering them in our office. And a benefactor called us and called our customer service line, which customer service line in healthcare, Imagine. It's an oxymoron. Imagine. Yeah. So, again, choice, customer service <laughs> information. Uh, they called our, uh, this gentleman called our customer service line and said, you know what? Uh, I think this is ridiculous. I'll pay for anybody who, who needs it. Anybody who can't nice? afford the test, I'll pay. So, we were inspired, uh, and he said, I'll do it in BC as a BC resident. So, across the country, we said, we'll pay for anybody who needs it. We'll pay all you got to do no questions asked fill out the form declare that you need help free no charge i will cover that cost because it's important it's important to give people information it's important to support them and you know it well you got a young child who's sick
0: there's nothing worse for maybe we're in a transition period where this kit has greater application and there's going to be some way in which that people can get it without having to pay for it. But for those right now who want it, what's the cost?
1: Uh, Well, (laughs) we're just dropping the cost now even. Uh, We started at $60 uh, for the kit. Uh, We're dropping it. For peace of mind. Well, it's just, I mean, reality is, hey, I'm also a business person and uh, RSV season will end. So, you know, we're left with stock as well. So we'll we'll discount it uh, for, for those reasons as well. But even before that, you know, we're willing to make sure that people get what they need. At the, at the goal of what we're trying to do is to innovate in healthcare. So my frustration being on the inside and trying to create change is why I started this company, because there's lots of things in healthcare that need fixing. And in my view, the government and the regulators are all very well-intentioned. They're great people. Their mandate is to maintain the status quo that 's their job. deliver the standard of care and make sure that everybody gets appropriate health care. I totally support that, but where is innovation in that mindset it doesn 't exist and so when I was on the inside of public health care, you know I was on staff at a hospital, I was in charge of an in- infection control for my ER group and uh, if if you remember back to h one n one yeah. There was people coming in the door coughing and and feverish and and just unwell in the ER. And how did I know about that? Well, I was actually working in the waiting room because there was no beds. This is 15 years ago. So there was still no beds then. So nothing, it's only gotten worse. And I looked at these folks and I said, geez, you're all sitting in the waiting room coughing on each other. I said to the triage nurse, hey, you know what? Why don't we just take a paper mask? put it on these people. We're going to reduce the transmission. We know that that, you know, paper masks reduce transmission. Great idea. Okay, great. They're, they're cents, pennies. Put them on. By the end of my shift, waiting room is full of masks. I'm really happy. So I say to the triage nurse, on your shift, when you leave, tell the next person that comes on to put a mask on anybody who's coughing or uh, or sneezing or feverish or whatever. So it started to happen, so we started to go, I came into work on Monday and Just somebody took a strip off me. How dare you? How dare you? You can't start it. You can't change a process. You can't change a procedure just like that. You need to come to the meetings, okay? So I, on my days off, drove to the hospital, paid for my parking, spent two hours of my time at a meeting. I'm on the agenda. Oh, hey, we didn't get to you today. Come to the next meeting. That was six weeks later. So I come to the next meeting. Anyway, long story. but. It took about 20 meetings and two and a half years for it to become a standard policy. At that moment, that was when I said, that's it, I'm done here, I can't affect change. All I can do is see the people, my 25 or 30 patients that I see in a shift, that's all I can do. And for me, I wanted to have impact beyond those 30 people. I wanted to be able to create some change because I can't help myself but see change and see solutions. And that, that's who I am. I'm a, I'm a problem solver. So
0: what was the genesis of the rescue kit?
1: We learned a lot during COVID. So uh, our company grew. We did a tremendous amount of testing for industry, uh, for people, for travel, and we learned a lot. And we stepped back and said, well, this technology exists. We have, I mentioned the call center, we have online booking. Our customer service experience was phenomenal. People would book online, they would come in, We were ready for them. They would get their swab, and for infection control purposes, we never had a waiting room. We never had a queue. People would come in, get their swab, and leave. And then within two hours, they would get their results. And we built those systems to be super efficient. So we said, well, we have these these efficiencies. Where else do we need efficiencies in healthcare? Obviously, a lot of places, but this was one that was... Uh, it was obvious to me, we started hearing about um, the Southern Hemisphere and their cold and flu season being horrible and potential resurgent uh, resurgence of, um, of COVID. We said, well, we can do this. These tests exist. They're Health Canada approved. They've been around a long time. It's not you know, out there. This is well-defined science. Why can't we do this? They're not publicly insured. We're not breaking any rules. Our telehealth health practitioners meet the rules, which is another thing. I'd l- telehealth, it, the fact that you have to sit in the province where you provide telehealth in order to be compliant with regulations, why would we not take advantage of time zones and have eastern Canada doctors after their shifts doing telehealth for BC residents? To me, it makes absolutely no sense why we're not leveraging telehealth the way we could, and here in the face of this People are saying, well, we want to drive doctors back to the office because doctors aren't
0: seeing patients. Come on. And thus, we have the cold and flu rescue kit. Out of your desire to provide people with information that helps them be informed about what's happening to them, but it also has the benefit of relieving pressure on the system? We
1: think so, and and my, my promise is that if we figure these things out, if we can figure out how to do these things more efficiently, I'd be more than happy to share whatever innovation we can find with the public system. I'd be happy to talk to anybody, anybody who wants to call me and say, how are you doing this and how are you having these efficiencies? That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to innovate, we're trying to figure out things, and if we can be of value to the public system. Absolutely. We would love to do that. That would be my my dream, would be that we can offer Canadians choice and customer experience and information
0: and also help the public system. Wow. Well, what I appreciate about what you're doing is you're not coming here and just saying doom and gloom. You're saying, no, no, there is a path forward and this is what it looks like. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it.